howdy, y'all, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer. Pour a cup of your favorite brew and get ready to join me as we give you a chance to brew your brain with a rundown on some historical events and today's dates. chance to sharpen your wit as we throw out some random musings just to get your brain gears turning and a chance to enrich your faith as we discuss things about following Jesus or the Bible. And again, hosting me this week on the Daily Grind is my most favorite sister in the whole world, Carla Cockrum. Hello, John. Hello, Daily Grinders. (laughs) So, Carla, thanks for joining me this week uh, on another part of Brew and Sharpen Your Brain for the Daily Grind. I'm excited to have you with me. And um, so happy to be here. July 21st, and on July 21st, in 1861, Confederate troops defeated the Union at the First Battle of Bull Run. Was there more than one battle at Bull Run? Yeah, there were two. Like so, okay. Oh, how terrible that Yeah, that's okay. If I, and I, the, the main reason I remember there being two was because I remember reading one of your Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Brown books, Encyclopedia Young. Brown. Yes. Yeah. And somebody had sold a friend's family person a sword that was given to Stonewall Jackson, you know, for his bravery at the first Battle of Bull Run. And he said it's a fake because <laughs> at the time they didn't know there was going to be a second. So you wouldn't have called it the first. The I mean, first. So. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, there were two. And okay. in 1873, on July 21st, Jesse James and the James Younger gang held the very first successful train robbery in the American West. Oh, my goodness. And in 1925, on July 21st, John T. Scopes was found guilty of teaching evolution in class and fined $100. And in what we now refer to as the Scopes Monkey Trial. Right. 1925. <laughs> okay. And July 21st, is invite an alien to live with you day okay <laughs> okay i'm not sure what the criteria of that is <laughs> if it could just be somebody who is not from your country or it has to be extraterrestrial just don't yeah. know but um it's legal drinking age day uh, even though that's off from when it is but it's <laughs> national be someone day Okay. Well, everyone is someone. That's done. Check. <laughs> it's National Junk Food Day. Yum. It's Ugh. National Tug of War Tournament Day. Oh, tournament? Yeah. Tug of War, I've never seen it in tournament form. Ooh. I neither. I know. It's No Pet Store Puppies Day. Okay. I think that means if you're going to get a puppy, get one oh. from a shelter or a place like that don't rescue them and it's also take a monkey to lunch day okay (laughs) it's a monkey theme today okay now if you were to encounter an alien monkey oh you could kill two birds with one stuff oh that's really kind of a dark 
analogy too. You could you could accomplish two things at the same time, right? <laughs> and not have to kill any birds. Right. Um, and now it's that time on the daily grind to sharpen your wit, get your brain gears going, ready for the weekend. Okay. Swedish wasn't made the official language of Sweden until 2009. That seems strange. It, just I guess, been just making some assumptions. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we all speak it. Should we just go ahead and make it official? I mean, like, okay. <laughs> did they have another one? Did they it or they just didn't have a national language? I think I think it was <laughs> Swedish. They've been speaking Swedish there for a long time. <laughs> acronym is not an acronym. No. There is no <laughs> there is no homonym for homonym. What? Right. Okay. Oh. Phonetically is not <laughs> spelled phonetically. No, it's not. Which is stupid. Not. I know. And there is a silent letter in onomatopoeia. Ah. <laughs> English, what a great language. What a great language. Oh. I know. We should maybe look at Swedish. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So a bartender says, we do not serve time travelers here. Oh, okay. A time traveler walks into a bar. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think of all the inventions over the last 100 years, the dry erase board has <laughs> to be the most remarkable. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <sighs> Carla, do you know where rainbows go when they're bad? No. <laughs> Prism. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. But don't worry, it's a light sentence. All right. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, okay. Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Got Physics. it. Yep. That's that's your good. class. Yep. Hey, why did the chicken click on the PowerPoint presentation? I don't know. To get to the other slide. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go chickens. So, <sighs> I remember one time when we lived out on um, Windy Hill, I was washing the car with the kids. And Marcy came out and says, why don't you use a sponge? <laughs> Instead of the kids? <laughs> She's such a good mom. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Carla, thanks for joining me this oh, week on the you. Daily Grind. I love just co-hosting with you. Make well, coffee thank taste. you and have a great weekend. You too. Okay, we'll see you. And see you guys. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Grind. Bye. And now it's that time on The Daily Grind to enrich your faith. So today we're going to look into one of Jesus's most famous parables, the Good Samaritan. Nowadays, Good Samaritan has a positive meaning can symbolize mercy and care, and organizations use it to show their compassion. But back in Jesus's time, his audience did not see it that way. And read Luke 
chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. That's where we find this story. Now, to the Jews, a Samaritan was far from being good. So when we read this story today, we might miss some of the significance if you don't get the animosity that those two had for each other. Now, this story all starts with a lawyer or a religious leader testing Jesus by asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, the lawyer wasn't really interested in the answer. He just wanted to trip up Jesus. These guys are sneaky. But Jesus is no slouch. And instead of giving a direct answer, he fires back with a question. And guess what? The lawyer answers it right. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He challenges him to live out his beliefs, not just to know them. Now, this lawyer tries to justify himself by asking, who is my neighbor? He's seeking a loophole in the law. He's not really interested in following Jesus. He just wants the rewards. But before we judge him, let's be honest with ourselves. We often can do the same thing. Back then, the concept of neighbor was limited to fellow Israelites, fellow Jews. But Jesus wants to broaden it. So he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Let's get into the story. A man is traveling alone on a dangerous road from Jerusalem to Jericho. No surprise, he gets robbed and beaten up. I mean, beaten and left for dead. But then, in comes a priest and a Levite, both religious leaders. And guess what? They don't help the guy. They choose their religious rules over compassion. But wait, and here comes the twist. The Good Samaritan. That term would have been an oxymoron back in Jesus' day. But to the lawyer and the Jews, Samaritans were despised. But this one surprises everyone because he not only helps the injured man but he goes above and beyond and he shows true compassion and care there's symbolism here the samaritan is hated just like jesus was but like jesus on the cross he rescues the one who needs help and he does it out of love expecting nothing in return jesus brings it all back to the lawyer's original question it's not just about knowing the right thing. It's about living it out and being a good neighbor. Hmm, really hits home. So let's take a look at us. Are we more like the lawyer, just knowing things but not living them, or like the Good Samaritan, genuinely caring for others? The parable of the Good Samaritan's meaning is simple. Love your neighbor as yourself. But it's not always easy to live out. So, what are some things we can do with that today? Well, one, I think we can pray. I mean, really pray for God to change your heart and to have a right attitude. Often, we prioritize knowledge over obedience just like the lawyer in the Good Samaritan story. However, we can learn that mere knowledge is not enough, and we need a heart aligned with God's. Yet, changing our heart on our own is um, 
not really possible. That's why we must begin with prayer. We allow God to work in us. He can get our hearts to sync up and beat like his. So take a moment and pray for God to transform your heart. And secondly, open your eyes. Every day we pass people in need, even if they don't display visible wounds like the man in the parable. Sadly, most of us often fail to notice those in pain. Just look around, see who's in your vicinity and ask yourself what they might need. Could you be the one to offer help? Thirdly, don't hesitate to offer help. Don't let fear stop us. You know, when we encounter someone in need, doubts and excuses often flood our minds. We worry about not having the right words, assume that others will help, don't feel qualified to assist. Those fears can be daunting. Sometimes they paralyze us. However, I think, um, again, trust in the Holy Spirit to help us in um, overcoming the things that would prevent us from helping those around us. When we feel those fears creeping in, ask God for courage. Take a step. Use some faith. Remember, there's more at stake than you realize, and your actions could have a profound impact on someone's life. And lastly, I would say we need to learn to live generously and caring for others and putting others' needs above our own. It's effortless to become self-centered, solely focusing on our own needs and desires. But this self-centeredness, it just tells a lackluster story with our lives. And it won't bring about change to anyone. God designed us to live better stories, to impact others genuinely. And we achieve this when we choose to live generously. Giving rather than taking and prioritizing others' needs above our own leads to a fulfilling life. So this morning, ask yourself, how can you live generously for the benefit of those around you? The story challenges us, I think, to be better neighbors and make a positive impact on those around us. That's really the twist in this story, is that the lawyer asks, who was my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story and asks in the story, who was the neighbor? Yeah, we should be neighbors to those around us instead of looking for who our neighbor is. If this episode spoke to you, share it with a friend. I'd love to hear your thoughts and comments. So hit me up at spencerjd at the dailygrind.website. And thanks for tuning in and joining me today on The Daily Grind. I hope to see you tomorrow. Grace and peace to you.